If I can't have compassion towards myself, I can't have compassion towards other. And more than likely, I believe that God doesn't have compassion towards me. Hola, y welcome to Femas Faith. I'm Erika Reynoso, a church kid and pastor's kid, raised in Iglesia Pentecostal, hoping to share encouragement and compassion to struggling church kids like myself. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Hey y'all, welcome to today's episode of Fed Mass Faith. Uh, I wanted to jump on here to share uh, what I feel is becoming my scripture mantra for 2023. I feel like I felt it bubbling up inside me coming into 2023, but now that I'm in it, I'm like, okay, this, this is it for me. Uh, I think it's many years in the making uh, because I was raised, just backstory, I was raised in the Pentecostal church. And as you know, the Pentecostals, they love a good party for God, right? Like all the music, um, like charismatic worship, sermons, preaches, and everything, right? And there's this deep participation from the church in worship, in sermons. We're loud, you know. It's most preachers that are Pentecostal are actually uncomfortable preaching to silent audiences. Because um, there's always an amen, a gloria a Dios, aleluya, alabale si puedes, you know. There's always something being said. Um, and, yeah, I remember going to Campamento de Jóvenes youth camps um, ever since I was, like, probably 12 or 13. Um, and I think that was sort of like the repeated event that I would go to where I, I did not feel enough for God. Yeah, we'd, we'd come to these camps, and, you know, day two, day three, the Holy Spirit would move, and there would be this, like, just, um, like, manifestation of the power of God, and I'll save that for another day, because there's, um, but there, I just remember seeing people my age crying, know, dancing in the Holy Spirit, being slain, speaking, speaking in tongues, and I, I would never dance in the Spirit. I was never slain in the Spirit. I would show up. I might cry a little bit, but, you know, I'd be like, yes, at least I cried. <laughs> but um, because I didn't speak in tongues like other people, or because I didn't dance in the Spirit like other people, I rarely walked away feeling like enough for God because I'd be like, God, what, what don't I have that is stopping you from giving me these gifts or from being able to do X, Y, and Z? And you know, that's why I say I was going to leave it for another episode because by the time, I think I was like 21 or 21, I actually did like dance in the spirit or whatever. And I learned through that process, but anyway, so like year after year, I would go to these youth events and like leave never feeling enough because what I was 
doing in my worship did not look like others. And so like this theme of like never feeling enough was very present in my life in the church. And then you go over to, you know, day-to-day church where it is preached that in Christ alone we are saved. But oftentimes the criticisms we receive in the church do not align with that. So they'll say, yeah, you are saved in Christ alone. Solo Cristo nos puede salvar. And yet, you know, if you're not praying an hour a day, reading the Bible two hours a day, if you're not doing this, if you're not doing that, if you miss church, if you do this, if you don't do that, if you don't come to this, if you don't come to that, if you don't meet the church's expectation of what it is to be a Christian, your salvation is put into question. And so on this side we have, in Christ alone you are saved, but then you're also getting this other message that is saying, if you don't do this, then you are not saved enough. And the tricky thing is that if you begin to believe this side of things of, I need to be at church every single service in order for me to be saved, because if I miss church, then I feel like I'm losing my salvation. You know, it begins to just create, I think, this notion in your mind that your salvation depends on you when it doesn't. First thing. Second thing is, that is when the sin of self-righteousness and pride come into play. Because then, if you are doing all the things to be a good Christian, (laughs) then you're like, oh, I'm better than everybody else. I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. When that is not how it works. That is not how, um, yeah, God established it in his word. But anyways, and so I would have to say in the last few years, I have, um, you know, my whole life I've been doing everything. You know, I've, it's, it's been a checklist phase for me most of my life. We're like, oh, I went to the, you know, oh, I didn't miss a church service. Oh, I did this. Oh, I did that. Um, But then when I like physically and mentally wasn't able to do that, then I felt this system of thinking doesn't really work. So anyways, I've always battled with the thought of never being enough. And like there is truth that in the word of God, it is clear that we cannot be saved on our own, right? We, you know, on surface level, like we can't save ourselves. We need Jesus. Like we need God in order for us to be saved. So, you know, if, if I were to ask a Christian if we're enough, they would say, no, we, would, we will never be enough because we will always need Jesus. And that is true. But I think, I'm not referring to like that kind of enoughness. What I'm referring to is like never feeling quite enough to prove to others and more often to God that I am a true enough believer. And that's all like rooted in believing that our salvation depends on ourselves. So coming into this year, 
I thought back to um, a story in the Bible that I think brought this to life for me. And that's um, Luke 21, 1 to 4. You've probably heard of this before, but it's um, the widow's offering. The widow that only gives gave two two coins. There's a song about it in Spanish of La viuda que dio todo lo que tenía. Que eran dos, dos monedas. Well, Luke 21 talks about how, while Jesus, well, it says this, I'll read it. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. So, I've heard this passage a lot of times in my life. And I think it's always been used or taught in such a way to get you as a believer to give everything that you have, right? Like, don't be like the rich people. Don't just give your leftovers. You need to give your everything. Um, which, you know, sure. But I don't think I ever saw it from the perspective of Jesus in that he saw this widow who was poor and we know that, um, you know, the widows are a part of the people that God cared deeply about and cared for. So he sees this widow who only brought two coins and it was all that she had. And I think that is what is often missed in the teaching of this passage that we're told to bring you know, everything that you give all, your all, right? But there's, ex, there's this expectation for your all to look like what other people are giving, right? Like you might only have two small coins, but it's expected for those two small coins to look like the thousand coins that somebody else has, right? Like everybody has different seasons in their life. You know, when I was single, I could give myself freely to God. And then I was engaged and I was married and, and we gave everything that we could to God. But then we had a child and then it was starting to get a little harder, right? And then in the church, I've always heard these, these criticisms, right? Of like, oh, they get married and all of a sudden they forget about God or they have kids and they forget. About, no, the seasons of life that they're in have different demands where you can't bring a thousand coins to church. You might only have two and that might be everything that you have. And I think this is where Jesus has been comforting me. And that in this season of life, I might only be able to give two small coins, right? But that is more than enough for him. Because what Jesus is seeing, he sees that we are doing the best we can. He is seeing that we are giving everything that is in our capacity and I imagine those rich people in that scenario saw this poor widow and was like, 
ha, she can only give two coins. And they probably were self-righteous about it. Or they probably compared what she gave to what they gave. And I imagine there was some level of superiority to it of, she didn't give as much as us. We must be better than her. And we see this so much in the Christian community where each and every single one of us is expected to give the same amount. When that usually isn't possible. And so <clears throat> this scripture, I feel like, is going to be my, I guess you would say, like, your, my mantra or my focus coming into this year. First, in understanding that, you know, I, I might be in a season of life where what I'm giving is different. It looks differently. But he is seeing me with the tenderness that he saw that widow. Like, I imagine like the, the look on Jesus' face when he saw that, that widow. You know, tender, loving eyes. I imagine like his chest like fluttered in, in pride or in love or in appreciation for that, for that widow that as poor as she was, she gave everything she had. And, and he took notice of that. And I think that is what, how I want to lean into my own walk with God, but also how I want to perceive others in that um, everybody is doing the best that they can. Everybody is um, different seasons of life, some of the demands of life look differently, but I think it's um, safer to assume that everybody is doing the best that, that they can. And um, I think what really, like, settled this in for me was I was listening to um, Brene Brown's um, podcast, uh, Un Unlocking Us. Um, and, of course, I, like, discovered it just as she <laughs> announced that she wasn't going to record in that podcast anymore. But I listened to her last two episodes, and, um, you know, the focus for both were was this question or this study research that she did on... Um, the question, like, do you believe that everyone is giving the best that they can? And so this one, I love Brene Brown because I feel like she makes a science out of our inner world. <laughs> it make, she makes us make sense, or at least for me, she, she helps me make sense of myself. And she, uh, yeah, did research on, on, you know, the response to that question that people have. And in her research, and you can answer this for yourself too, do you believe that everybody is doing the best they can? Do you believe that? I used to answer yes or no. I would say that for most of my life, my answer to that was no. I didn't believe that people were doing the best that they could. Um, and I think coming into this year, I'm, I want to believe that, yes, people are doing the best that they can. Um, because with the research, she said, people that often answer no, they don't believe that people are doing the best they can, um, are usually A, 
extremely critical of themselves, always pushing themselves to do better, to be better, because they never feel like they are good enough. And then B, so that, you know, that damages the relationship to self, but also damages the relationship with others. Because when you don't believe that people are doing the best they can, it leads to frustration, it leads to resentment, and more than anything, it leads to judgment. So if, you're, if you see people just living their lives, or think about the one person that you feel like isn't doing the best they can, you probably are often frustrated with them, you're probably very resentful towards them, and you probably judge them. And so, yeah, just as I mentioned in one of my previous episodes where like I used to be very self-righteous, after hearing her episode, I was like, oh, this all makes sense. I never thought that I was enough. I always felt like I was never achieving as a believer. And so obviously I would judge others because I never believed that they were doing enough. And so uh, Brene Brown proceeds to explain how, if your answer to that question is yes, I do believe that people are doing the best that they can, A, it creates space for you to have compassion for yourself because you'll believe that about yourself. I am doing the best that they, I can. And there's an appreciation and an ability to have self-compassion Uh, but then also be with others, you have the ability to be generous with how gracious you are with them or with how compassionate you are, or you are able to recognize that the limitations that people have and honor those limitations. And so I would recommend you listen to those episodes. She said that it was a part of like the research that she did for her book, Rising Strong. So I'm also going to add that to my reading list. But um, yeah, thinking back to the story of the widow who only gave two small coins and Jesus saw that it was enough. It was enough for him because he knew that what she was giving was the best that she could do. Um, And so I want to go into this this year really believing um, that everybody is doing the best that they can because I want to believe that I'm giving the best that I can um, and so that I can also catch a glance of the look on Jesus' face as I offer him what I have. I want to believe that when he is seeing me and what I'm offering him, that he has that look on his face like he had on that widow, tender, loving eyes, compassion, and also a sense of connection um, because I believe that he's receiving what I'm offering. Because I think otherwise, if I don't believe I'm giving the best that I can, if I don't believe that others are giving the best that they can, I will lean into resentment, frustration, and judgment, not just towards others, but towards myself. And when I'm abiding or living in that way, more often than times, I believe that Jesus is looking down on me, disappointed, judgmental, and frustrated with me. (laughs) That's the thing is that like, it all flips on itself, right? If I can't have compassion towards myself, I can't have compassion towards other. And more than likely, I believe that God doesn't have compassion towards me. But then when I believe 
that God is having compassion towards me, I can abide more freely in him and believe that he's paying attention to me, that he's near, that he's with me. Um, So, yeah. I just want to encourage you, if you're listening to this today, and you've often felt like you're not doing enough, maybe because of your own voice, or maybe because of the voice of others, or maybe maybe you perceive God's voice to be that way. But I just want you to take heart in hearing the words that Jesus had for that widow, that he paid attention, he noticed her, and he saw that although it was a little bit, he recognized her circumstances, he recognized where she was coming from, and for him, that was enough. So I want to encourage you that what you might be giving right now might not be what you used to give. And maybe you used to give more in church, or maybe you used to do a lot more, maybe you used to be more involved, whatever the case might be. Maybe you're in a season where all you have are two small coins. Well, I just want to remind you that those two small coins, Jesus is proud of, and he loves you, and he cares about you. And he sees that. So yeah, thank you for listening. And I hope this word blessed you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at FaithMassFaith and subscribe to this podcast. Your following and sharing help spread this message of hope and compassion. Gracias y hasta luego.